in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Saints beat the Seahawks 13 to 10 on Monday Night Football. The Seahawks had 219 yards of total offense. Alvin Kamara had 179. Oh goodness. All by himself. Uh, but did you catch any of the Manning cast? Uh, when they were given, when he gave Marshawn um, crap about, do, would you, when you're down close to the goal line, do you want to run in there or throw the pass? And then I saw that clip and that was it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch dropped an F-bomb on ESPN2 last what? night. And it was great because the Seahawks had a play where I, there was some confusion. They didn't know what the play was. And Geno Smith just took it and tried to run back up the middle. And Marshawn Lynch's immediate response to it was, what the? <laughs> Which I think is the best commentary for that play. It was a very confusing play. Some kid over the weekend dropped an F-bomb in a college game I watched afterwards on the sideline. And I think Chris... Fowler had to say, well, we apologize. Like, Guys get excited. Like a player getting interviewed? Yes, on, oh, on the okay. field afterwards. And, you know, we had a we had a bleeping good uh, game plan. And everyone's like, uh. And then Fowler <laughs> afterwards like, well, kids get excited. I This is not a great story, but I one time got our team a 15-yard unsportsmanlike contact penalty because the, dropped it? the ref literally went, all right, you guys don't have a team captain out here. Uh, you're a senior. All right, do you want to accept or decline this penalty? And I just literally went, ah, bleep. I don't know. Hold on. And he goes, damn it. And he like throws Threw the flag up. in the air. And he's just like, you can't say that. Wait, you got flagged immediately for cussing? <laughs> yes. What? Well, I said it really, like, really loudly. Like, and looked at my, I don't know. Apparently, yes. What? What is, what's happening in Missouri high school football? <laughs> Get it together, Missouri. Let the kids cuss. <laughs> Let the kids cuss. Tyler for school board. <laughs> Man, you know, that's a great question. Could be superintendent here. Go ahead. Devontae <laughs> Adams has been placed on the COVID list. He is expected to miss Thursday's game, though there is a chance he could test negative twice in two days and be back. Packers also expected to be without their defensive coordinator for Thursday's game against Arizona. Um... Not having Devontae Adams, I'm nah, curious to see how big of a deal good. that is for the Packers because he is dominant, and this is supposed to be, you know, two of the top teams in well, the NFC. I mean, we finally get a good game on Thursday, and now Devontae Adams and the <laughs> defensive coordinator might not be there. Oh, Devontae Adams. He's really good. I like, think he's really good. Yeah. Well, he's a future Raider, so he better, he better be good. Future Raider. Yeah, better he's going to want to come here after the Absolutely. Raiders win the Super Bowl. Yeah, huh? Derek Carr is... Extended for four years. Rich Passaccia gets a 10-year, $100 million deal. Yeah, absolutely. Here comes Devontae Adams. Save the day. How bad would Passaccia be? It's like, wait, you're still offering me 10 years, but it's $60 million? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see I won more games Who's than him? that guy? I'm out. All right. Story according to The Athletic. Cam Akers could play 
in the playoffs if the Rams make it that far. He tore his Achilles yeah. in Which July. Is brutal. We're talking about six months yeah. of him. Again, not just coming back and like being able to walk. We're talking about him coming oh. back and playing an NFL game at the most punishing position in the sport, running back. It'd be insane if he pl- if Cam Akers plays before next year. That is insane. Did I'm trying to think what was Durant's injury? He had an Achilles. Yeah. So did Kobe at one point. And the Achilles took a year. Yeah. Like it was just like and you know, but again, you're saying running back comparative to you know basketball players still running, cutting, and doing all the same things. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the big doubtful on this. I'm sorry. Yeah, Achilles I, is one thing. I listen, mean, ACLs I get like six months, but Achilles. I yeah. don't agree. I agree. I sounds impossible. The update from the story was that Cam Akers is back to running at 80% of his whatever is he, like he was running before. Is like a robot, this guy? Yeah, well, this this is is like he's not human. Yeah, like that happened like four months ago. I just, I, I, he didn't, you know what? Here's the other deal. Then he didn't dare his Achilles. Then <laughs> someone, someone misdiagnosed the injury because this guy's not is, running four months I mean, after tearing his Achilles. It could be that maybe our surgeries have gotten better technology's are better on Achilles didn't is, didn't Clay, is it Clay Thompson still out yeah because of an Achilles yeah, he might me. not come back till January right. my fantasy team needs him very badly <laughs> I, I can't remember the order but one of his injuries was an Achilles yes. so he had like three of them uh, three yeah. injuries next question the Eagles traded Joe Flacco <laughs> to the Jets Minshew Zach Wilson is out with an injury. I why, why? If you're the Jets, what's the point here? Like, are they going to oh. try to win no, games? No, this is how you ensure. This is a conversation we kind of had off the air. You're trying to tank. You need a quarterback. Joe Flacco's your boy. They, who's the random backup nobody's heard of before? Just let that White? guy be the quarterback. He's too good. No, he's not. He's got four years experience in the league, and you don't know whether or not he can win games. You know Joe Flacco can lose them. I know this white guy whose name we don't actually know can lose games. I actually am going to Google right now to see if white is the Jets. I think if you gave him a good quarterback, they'd be losing games too. Look, I forgot Joe Flacco was in the league, so I know that I know him being traded is not good, probably. But as Jared, as Mike White, Mike White, that's not a real person. That's a creative player name. Uh, So Gardner Minshew is now the backup to Jalen Hurts in Philly. Well, it's good that, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't run around or anything. So, well, I was going to say, I I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be the future there because they might have three top ten picks uh, and they'll probably draft a quarterback. But they're probably not going to bench Jalen Hurts this year, though. So you'd, you'd be relying on Jalen Hurts getting injured for Gardner Minshew to get in the game. I just, all I need is Gardner Minshew to play out his contract so that the he becomes you know, the next uh, Mike Glennon, where basically he gets offered uh, starting minutes for some reason, and I get to follow him from team to team to team to team to be the interim starter. Can you believe Joe Flacco got a sixth-round pick? No. Yeah. And it could it could escalate no. to a fifth-round pick based on how much Flacco plays. Well, he's going to play to start, obviously. Yeah, he's going to play for the next, what, three yeah. weeks, I think, Wilson yeah. is out. A sixth-rounder for Joe Flacco. What a Man. trade by the Eagles. I mean, there's got to be somebody just, like, available on the street that you, like, need a quarterback. Like, come on. Oh, you know, I can't tell you that. Carolyn Goodman 
wants to bet with the mayor of Reno on the UNLV Nevada game. But does she get Reno? See if you can pick up on the uh, the fun part of this. She tweeted, Carolyn Goodman tweeted, ready for a friendly wager. I will take UNLV plus 20 and a half <laughs> against UNR this weekend. Winner sends a double XL t-shirt to the winning school to wear at an upcoming council meeting. Loser has to tweet a photo wearing the shirt. Uh, is she allowed to use the point spread? Well, that- a few things. Oscar wrote the tweet. So <laughs> she didn't write that tweet. And second of all, it's 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 a rookie mistake on Oscar because hold out because the money's going to pour in. <laughs> yeah, on like, and by Friday up. night, you're going to have 26 points instead of 20.5. <laughs> so two, a couple a rookie mistake there, but I'm going to guess Oscar wrote the tweet. This is... The he smartest knows thing. the spreads. We'll this leave is it the at smartest that. thing. Even if you give an Oscar credit, the smartest thing Carolyn Goodman's done. It's great. I mean, I love the tweet because she was like, "Listen, I ain't betting UNLV to beat Nevada. No, give me some points here. No. All and, twenty and a half. Yeah, smartest thing she's I, ever done is to take the points red. But I will say, it is a little pathetic. Like whenever is we it? see, whenever <laughs> we see like these. The governors or the mayors or whatever they bet on some sporting. Well, they bring event. like alcohol, like a, here's a bottle of right. whiskey. Or here's but I this. have never seen someone propose it with the point spread. We've got to ask. Hey, we're having Governor Sisolak on Thursday. Which side would you take? I mean, <laughs> put him I, on the spot. I also was going to say that if the Raiders wind up in the suit, if they wind up in the Super Bowl against. Oh, I don't know. Tampa or the Packers. I will say the Governor Sisolak is allowed to get the point. No. Yes. No, you have He's to He's allowed bet to get the 17 up. and a half points in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, you've got to bet straight up. Oh, man, it gets the Rams. Oh, All right, yeah, he gets, he gets the 24. Boy, no. she's betting straight up. The, the the shirt's already there. She's already got it on. She's wearing it That's today. All it is is a shirt. <laughs> this isn't some massive do we bet. Know, wait, wait, do wait. Do we know if uh, the mayor accepted it? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to check. Is there a... Uh, I mean, you kind of have to, don't you? Yeah, I mean can't say no to like, can you be held in contempt of like council or whatever if you're not wearing the proper attire <laughs> like if you show up to a council meeting in crocs and shorts will they be like all right councilman davis you're you owe us 250 dollars uh she did accept okay um she also added to it the loser has to stroll around campus wearing the other team's jersey so okay. Carolyn Goodman might be walking around UNLV's uh, campus. I was going to say, get ready I mean, out there. Based on, out I, there. I will say, based on going to UNLV, that's actually not that weird of a <laughs> like seeing seeing Wolfpack stuff. Pretty common. You know what? Hasn't UNLV done a good job of actually covering this year? They've done a very good job of covering. They like, cover this red. Like they the do. you know moral yes. victory and all that. You know, no, they cover. But, they're good ATS. They're good. They they've done well. They have uh, covered three of their five yeah. games against FBS opponents, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, more of a well. I, I mean, you usually cover when you're leading and in going into the fourth right. quarter. When you got all these leads, it's normally a good thing. And then you just kind of, I don't know, lose, waste almost eight minutes on a drive. But at least you covered the spread. <laughs> Wanted to get to this one. Matt Nagy was telling Justin Fields to snap the ball because there were 12 defenders on the field for a play. Uh, Fields did. He threw an interception, and there were only 11 defenders on the field. And according to this tweet from Adam Hodge, they've done this two weeks in a row. Where Where he's thrown the pick? No, no, no. He didn't throw a pick the last time. But where they have been telling Fields, snap it, snap it, snap it. There's 12 on the field. You'll get the penalty. Who's counting? And there weren't 12 on the field. Wow. What a disaster for Nate. 
Are we allowed to give Justin Fields a completely blank slate next year when Matt Nagy's gone? A complete pass? Just like, yes. that sucked? Yes. You're a rookie. Like, he's eligible for Rookie of the Year in 2022. <laughs> he won Rookie of the Year and Comeback Player, <laughs> comeback player of the Year. <laughs> because if you're telling me that the coach is yelling in his ear, snap the ball, we're getting a penalty, it's a free play because there's 12 on the field. He does it twice, and well, both times they're wrong. And I can see the pick because it's like when you know someone jumps, you have a free play. You just right, take a, you, you just, just take throw a shot, it up. You just throw it up, and every, you might as well have might as well every just time. Throw it up. Yeah. yeah, it's hell. It's one of the things like Aaron Rodgers is great at. Yeah. It's one of the things I'm amazed that other coaches or quarterbacks don't do it more. Like when you get a guy to jump, oh, you snap just, you the just ball. Tell someone to just right. run a go route, and we're throwing it up for grabs. Apparently, though, Aaron Rodgers can count. <laughs> I guess. Or maybe we weren't giving Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur enough credit. Maybe they're the ones that could count. And Matt Nagy can't. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> that's how That's how Mike McCarthy kept that job for as long as he did. can count to 12. He can count to 12. You better believe it. Coming up next, the Golden Knights play tonight. Can they snap a four-game losing streak? Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Hey, Tom, you're taking all my records, and you also took all my coaches. Bruce Arians, Clyde Cushison, Tom Moore. I mean, I feel like you're, you know, single white female, stage one stalker clinger here, buddy. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Golden Knights are back. They play at Colorado tonight. Four-game losing streak. Now they got back-to-back road games tonight and tomorrow. Dallas is tomorrow. Um, they called up Caden Korzak because Zach Whitecloud is out. If Korzak plays, he'd be the ninth defenseman to play for the Golden My Knights goodness. this year. Five games? Uh, one and four, so it'd be their sixth game. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so Golden Knights are digging deep into the Silver Knights depth chart. Yes, charts they are. To fill out their roster. I wouldn't be happy from the Silver Knights. Like, hey, we got a chance to yeah. win this. So you keep calling our guys up. Oh, my God. The Silver Knights game on Sunday was hilarious. Given who was on the ice? It was It was just a bunch of dudes. And genuinely, I want to say it's Abbotsford, some small town. We'll have to ask Milsey if he's ever been, if he's ever been a broadcaster there. During the third period, all they did was shoot the puck into each other. <laughs> That's not a joke. Like, guys were just literally, like, flipping the puck into their own players, being like, well, the Silver Knights can't get it, so you you take it. So, let me ask you this on the Golden Knights. Should they break up the William Carlson line? Yeah, that's yeah. a really good question, and that was the whole narrative before the year, but it was before the year where everyone got hurt. Uh, everyone was somewhat healthy to start the year. Uh, the people have now been hurt. Um, I do I do think they should. I Look... At this point, there's nothing they're going to lose from it, right? I mean, it's it's not a risk anymore. They can't finish. They can't score. So might as well break them up and see if that helps. Um, I would. I think I'd break them up just so, to see. So Pete DeBoer's talked about it. Their biggest problem is finishing right now. It's not the shot or chance creation, although they've they're not as good as they have been in the past at that. Which obviously half the team is injured, but they have had primarily a finishing problem. I would be curious if breaking those three up would help solve that uh, because none of those three are really, I mean, Carlson in his first year here was the best finisher in the NHL, right. but outside of that, 
none of those three are really known like a Max Pacioretty for having, oh, that guy's a great shot. He'll finish off any chance you give him. But they're all better than Keegan Colasar. Right. And so I wonder if you had them on three different lines and, hey, you know, this lot, whatever the lines end up being, this line created a chance and Riley Smith was there and put it home, right? Rather than Keegan Colasar, right? Or, you know, hey, this chance was there. And instead of it being Evgeny Dodonov, Jonathan Marcheseau finished it off. So I here's the thing for Pete DeBoer, as far as line combinations go. I don't know what the right answer is. And I I don't know that there is a right answer, right? Because of how much they're beat up and how poor this lineup is. I don't know what the right answer is. If you should break that up or if you should say, hey, that's a really good line. We've got to put it on the ice. Well, okay. So let's go with the former and say he breaks them up. Um, And I'm with you. I don't even know where everyone would go. Would you move Carlson up? And bring Stevenson down. I don't know how much of a difference that makes, depending on who Carlson would be skating with. Um, I'm trying to think where would you put them to kind of, like you said, get a better chance of finishing around the net. Yeah, if your objective, what would be I mean, your objective? You could put Carlson with like Evgeny Dodonov and Krebs, maybe Peyton Krebs or something like that. And then you get Colasar with. Stevenson and Marsh or so or something. And then Riley Smith gets Chandler Stevenson or, or Riley Smith gets Nick wall and who's even playing left wing for this team anymore. <laughs> Whoever's playing for the silver Knights tonight. Um, <laughs> Brett get to Colorado. It's yeah. Southwest. So you could, I, but again, none of those lines actually sound no. good. Like none of them sound good as if you just kept them together. Right. None of them sound like, Oh, that solves the yeah. problem. So I, I don't know. Maybe I think the top line. Yeah. Maybe moving him up. It might. Like of the other two, that sounds the best by far. So I guess the. Given on the third line, we have two players. Yeah. <laughs> I think Pete DeBoer, if they, if he doesn't, you know, make some changes and he's made changes in games, by the way, he's broken lines up in yeah. games, but like if they stick with the same lines in this one and they lose again to Colorado and it's, you know, they score one goal or something like that. I think you go into the game on Wednesday and you break everything up, right? Even if, even as we sit here and say it out loud, it doesn't sound like no, it's a good combination. Good. I think you do it just for the sake of, hey, what we're doing isn't working. And while there's no real reason to believe that Nick Waugh, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Keegan Colasar are going to score a bunch of goals, we might as well try it because it's not working how we're doing it. So, if they lose and only score one goal. Now, if they lose and let's say Leonard's just bad and they score four or five, but they still lose, then all right, you don't really worry about the finishing. You just need to actually stop some goals from happening there. So I'm I'm curious to see what Pete DeBoer does because he's not in a great position as a coach where there's even a good... Normally, Pete DeBoer's choosing between like a couple of good options, right? right? right. Like they had Flurry and Leonard and like you couldn't really make the wrong choice, right? They were both good goalies. Now he's choosing between, all right, which bad line combination do I want to put on the ice to play Colorado? Is this the first time we see the backup goalie tonight or tomorrow night? Well, I don't think it would be tonight. I think it'd be against So Dallas. they play a back-to-back. Well, Bersaud did play. He came on when Leonard got pulled That's in the right. one game. Okay. But it would be his first start. His first start. I, so here's what I'm curious to see. I think you have to because the, the numbers have pretty much proven out. As long as your backup goalie is a competent NHL goalie you never should play the same guy back, back to back, back nights. The the guys are much worse the second night, but unless you're the Islanders right. and, <laughs> and that, that guy, guy shuts you yes. out on back to back. That did happen. But we saw this with Gerard Gallant where he did it a couple years in a row where the golden Knights 
were struggling early in the year and he played flurry and just continued to play over and over and over and would not let Malcolm Subban play. And basically Gallant's reasoning was, well, we're not playing very well. We're not, you know, leading the division by 15 points. We need every point we can get, even if it's November, even if it's October. So I'm going to play my best goalie, even if it's a back-to-back, even if it's, you know, he's some crazy stretch of games where he's playing three games and four or whatever it is. I'm curious if Pete DeBoer has that same sense of urgency that Gallant had in October. Because listen, it's a bad start. It's five games, right? After right, tomorrow, right. after today and tomorrow, it'll have been seven games, right. right? I'm curious if his mindset is, wow, we suck. I need to play my best goalie because we really need a win. Or if he says, you know what? It's early in the season, seven games in. I don't need to play Robin Leonard back to back. I don't need to wear him out right now. It's a long season. We're given the backup. I goalie think he plays start. both. I think he does too. I think he plays. Well, I'd say Leonard tonight against that team. And then I think against Dallas, yeah. he gives him a shot. I think that's the smart way to go about it. I think that's the best thing to do. I think Pete DeBoer will do that, but it would be curious to see if he does start Leonard in sort of the mindset it, of how urgent they are. But like you said, that's start. also, I mean, it could be perceived also as panicking because all they've said so far is, oh, it's early. Yeah, it's early. It's not a big deal. We'll be fine. It's early. We got all these guys injured and hurt. Okay. Then if that's your mindset, you play both goalies, but you play both goalies the next two days. If it's not your mindset and you're throwing Leonard and back-to-back and then they have a off day and then he's home on Friday and against the Ducks and you're playing him again, then it's like, well, you really don't believe it's early because you continue to play this guy and you're through two weeks of a season. Right, and that's the other part is it's not just a back-to-back. This is a three-and-four Yeah, three-and-four game, exactly. Which is maybe even worse than a back-to-back for a goalie if you got to play three games in four days. So that is I, – I think your best chance is Leonard, Brossois, and then Leonard. on Friday go back to right. Leonard again. And then – well, actually, actually, this would be fun. He could use this as an excuse. They have like four days off after yes. Friday's game. And then they make their Canadian trip. Yeah, they go. How many days in a row do they have off? I they think they play on, what, Tuesday? Three straight, three full days off after Friday. Sorry, sending me. Yeah, and they play Tuesday in Canada. I wonder if he would use that as a, as like a... To play in three and four? As like a reasoning to be like, yeah. What if you lose the first two? <laughs> you keep playing them? Well, I mean, it's not his well, fault if it's like the last well, game against two, the Islanders. Well, say 2-0 and 3-1, I get that. Yeah. But I... I wonder if he would use that as sort of the the logic there. Well, we got three full days off, so we might as well wear right. Leonard out now. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll get a break. One. It'll be fine. Yeah, and then they keep losing the game. <laughs> it's a lot easier to go to Brossois if they win the night. Oh, absolutely. It's a lot easier yes. to do that if they get Way a win tonight. Easier so to do that. That In fact, have... if they win tonight and they don't go to him, then it's like, okay, what are you doing? Right. That would be the most interesting decision yeah. DeBoer could make. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. Chevy trucks are known for their legendary dependability and capability. And right now is the right time to find your next Chevy truck. It's time to forge ahead with Chevy Silverado. It's time to take on new challenges and it's time to take it to the next level. It's the perfect time to do more in your next Chevy truck. See your Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Gino under center, play fake. This time he's gonna let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. It's been tapped. He could go 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. 84 yards, the defender fell down. 
Geno Smith's raw shot to number 14 down the right sidelines. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at four verts and check out his work at for the win. Uh, all right, Charles, as a Falcons fan, I do feel like you deserve this. So what would you like to say about Kyle Pitts today? Uh, he's the best part in the NFL. Maybe NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like, seriously. I mean, that the, the last two weeks for him have been. Did we lose Charles? Aren't you know the cream of the crop? But on on the last play that or one of the last plays of that game versus Miami, I mean he singled up in coverage on uh, Xavier Howard, and you know you go basically get the the big catch that gets you the win. So I mean I I can't think of any time I've seen a guy like this big move the way he does. Like obviously you know guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson are seen on athletes, but there's just something about the fluidity with Kyle Pitts that uh, I just haven't seen in a body that size. And then the hands are crazy. I think Pro Football Focus says he hasn't dropped the pass in like almost two years. So uh, <laughs> he, he's been as good as advertised. I would like to pretend that Pro Football Focus knows that he hasn't dropped a pass like in practice or just throwing with some friends. Like they just know he's never dropped a pass in two full years, no matter the situation. <laughs> Look, I, I think you could throw football off a mountain you would catch it, so I'll, I'll believe anything. Can you believe uh, Joe Flacco got a sixth-round pick? Uh, it just makes no sense, like, <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, especially, like, because you had Joe Flacco on the team uh, before the start of the offseason, so I, I don't know why you didn't just resign him instead of making a trade, and I don't really understand, like, what the Jets are – trying to do here i mean it's a it's a rebuilding season i mean everyone knows that they're not going to be making any noises here and uh i just don't really know what value joe flacco brings in the you know the two or four games that uh zach wilson is supposed to miss it, it just is a little bit bizarre i mean i know people are talking about the veteran leadership and uh a veteran presence for zach wilson to kind of bounce ideas off of but is that really worth like a, a potentially a fifth round pick. I mean, we've seen, you know, legitimate players, legitimate starters uh, go for a fifth round pick like Clive Campbell a couple years ago with the Ravens. It's just, I don't really understand why they felt they need, had to make this move now. Also, Josh Johnson is on the practice squad. I don't know why they didn't promote him, but in overall, it's just kind of a bizarre move. Uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, like, what do you think their biggest issues are and how fixable is it? Like, is this team actually going to miss the playoffs this year? Uh, they might. It's just the, the defense is the defense is the biggest concern to me. Because when you look at the offense, I mean, I'll say a lot of this stuff is to me at least it's just kind of bad, dumb luck. Like some of these turnovers that they're having, is, and uh, the fact that they turned the ball over more already this year than they did last year. I mean, it's uh, fairly bizarre uh, that this team is kind of struggling like this, but. I kind of think the turnovers will work themselves out uh, and and get get fixed. But the defense, I don't know how you fix the worst defense in the league, you know, over the next uh, two or three months. It's just it, it really kind of is that far behind the rest of the defenses in the league. I mean, they're giving up uh, almost seven yards of play. Everyone seems to be able to do whatever they want against them. And uh, it, it's going to be hard for them once they get to the playoffs here. Obviously, the, the – 
talent level of the teams you're playing has increased. It seems like he's making a lot of the same throws, but is there any truth to the fact with Mahomes, he knows his defense is horrible and he's just trying to force things to do more? Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's part of it. But, you know, this is kind of who Mahomes has been. But I don't think Mahomes has played like as well he, as he has uh, in, in previous years. But, you know, he, he, he's always been a guy that's like kind of a gunslinger and uh, is willing to take risks. And I know that, you know, in the past he's, he's kind of gotten lucky with, you know, Turnover words, throws being dropped and stuff like that, uh, and that's not really happening for him this year. But you know, you also see stuff like two passes this year that Tyree Kill has dropped uh, have been intercepted. One for a pick six against Buffalo when they were trying to get back in that game, and now uh, you know you're three and four, and you just got blown up by the Titans. And uh, I don't think that the Titans game is like representative for Kansas City's offense for what's going to happen the rest of the way, but it's definitely representative of their defense where. You know, even where you have a game where you slow down Derrick Henry, you still get torched in the air by Ryan Tannehill. So they can't really do anything right on defense, and it's going to make it really hard for them if they can't host a playoff game uh, when it's time for that. Which AFC teams do you think are actually good? Because, like, the Bengals, the Titans, the Raiders are all up there at 5-2. and two. Which which of these teams in the AFC are actually good? Uh, you know, I mean, I personally, I know they just lost to uh, the Titans last week, but I – They'll kind of think the Bills are the best team uh, in the AFC. I mean, that defense is just playing on another level. And, you know, you're you're basically a yard away from having a chance to win that game uh, against Tennessee last week. You know, the Titans, they've definitely turned it around. Uh, they've looked a totally different team from the one that uh, got blown up by Arizona week one and then lost to uh, the, the Jets, even though, you know, that was uh, a pretty banged-up Titans squad, you know, the – the Chiefs, I'm still in on because, you know, it's hard to, to punt on Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, Bills, Titans, and then, uh, I don't know, the Raiders, like, I, I want to believe, but it just feels a little funny with that defense. Maybe I need to, you know, get a little bit more familiar with who they got up there, but, uh, you know, you got to give them credit for playing inspire ball since uh, the John Gruden uh, thing happened. Regular season ends today. Can Derek Carr win the MVP? Uh, I mean, he's got to be on the ballot. Personally, my MVP would go to uh, Matthew Stafford if I had a vote. I mean, I, just like when you look at what he's meant to that passing offense and the way that they've been able to open up the downfield game, I mean, they're playing like a completely different style of football than they were last year. So, you know, I think Derek Carr definitely deserves to be uh, in the, you know, the equation for MVP because, you know, I, I, I kind of don't think his supporting cast is like all that great. He's done a really good job this year. Uh, but for me, it's still Matthew Stafford. All right. I got a tweet for you from Adam Hodge. On the first interception, Justin Fields quick snapped the ball because they told him in his headset the Bucks had 12 players on the field. He thought it was a free play, and it's the second week in a row that has happened. How can a coaching staff be so bad? I don't know. I mean, the only explanation that kind of made sense to me was uh, yesterday when Matt Nagy said he had COVID. I was like, brain fog is a symptom of COVID. I don't know. So, outside of that, I don't know. Like, this, you're supposed to be professionals, dude. Like, this is this is stuff that happens in high school. Uh, <laughs> your your job is just literally your only job is to know what's going on on the football field. And like, if you can't do that, I really don't know why you're here. And they just look so bad, dude. I mean. I'm still high on Justin Fields, but, I mean, he hasn't played all that well 
Uh, the offensive line is terrible. The coach is like asleep at the wheel. Don't really know who's in charge, whether it's Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor. It's just uh, a great time in Chicago. Well, the crazy thing is, as Tyler said earlier, it's the second time it's happened. I mean, this isn't even the first time they can't count. I mean, maybe he's been sick for two weeks. Who knows? <laughs> uh, all right. You are a Falcons fan, but who would you rather have right now, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase? Uh, I mean, they're both incredible, but I, I still think I'd go with Pitts just because it's just the size speed thing. Like, I just have never seen it before. I mean, Chase is obviously like the production is is something that is I mean would have been hurt. I think he has the most receiving yards ever for uh, a player through their first seven games, not even just a rookie. Uh, but you know, with with Pitts, it's just kind of like planet theory stuff, I guess, where you know you just have someone that big, that fast, that fluid. Uh, they're going to be a matchup problem for literally everyone on the field now. It's not slight to Chase. I just think that you know Pitts' ceiling is kind of unlimited here. Do you think Deshaun Watson gets traded before the deadline? Uh, maybe, but only because, like, Stephen Ross is an 80-year-old man and he's looking at the end of this like, man, I would really like to try to play for a Super Bowl before, you know, it's, <laughs> o- it's over for me. Uh, and uh, I, I guess Deshaun Watson is probably the fastest way he sees to get that done. I mean, I personally think the idea of trading for him uh, is ludicrous, especially if uh, Texans aren't going to back down on their trade demands. It's just totally nonsensical. But hey, I, I guess that's what the Dolphins want to do. And also, I think with the Dolphins, you know, you can make an argument that it doesn't even make much sense in the trade for Watson right now. I mean, maybe before the season when you thought you were, I mean, aside from you know the, all the sexual harassment and assault allegations, like before the season, you could at least trick yourself into thinking that you were a playoff team, but now you're about to send the number two overall pick to Philadelphia. I'm not sure that this trade uh, makes a whole lot of sense for where they are right now. Uh, And really, when you look at the Dolphins, like how far away they are from uh, being like a super competitive team. Would you have given the Brady ball back or would you have held out for even more than the guy got? Oh, if I had that Brady ball... Are you kidding me? I get, as soon as Mike Evans throws me that ball and I see that it's a 600 touchdown, I'm running out of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're gonna like, you think one Bitcoin and some jerseys is all you all you all you need to give me to get that thing back? Like the the people who are, I guess, into memorabilia and stuff like that, they said it was worth 500k. Like throw me 10 Bitcoin, then we can start talking about uh, <laughs> what to do with it. But yeah, he, and then you know Brady was roasting on on the broadcast last night, like yeah, he should have held out, and he should have. He is Charles McDonald again. Follow him on Twitter at Four Verts. Check out his work at For the Win. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks. Take care. Oh, poor guy. Run out of the stadium. See ya, Joe. <laughs> he starts sprinting out of the stadium. <laughs> to throw up a stiff arm to yes, the security yes, exactly. guard. Security guard trying watch to that. tackle you. Like, that uh, game was over, too. It was a blowout. There wasn't any more fun to watch in that game. Just get out of there with the ball. Coming up next, beat the traffic. Is Deshaun Watson getting traded? Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. I mean, it's cool. It's, a, it's definitely a, a nice environment. Uh, I mean, every time we come up here, the weather, but other than that, it's cool. Deshaun was like a cyclone or something. He said something about a tropical something. I'm like, man, I'm looking at the weather 
It's changing every, every other hour. I'm like, I don't care. Whatever it is, it is. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. That was Alvin Kamara. He then went on to have almost as many total yards as the entire Seattle Seahawks team <laughs> last night. Don't you guys normally play in this weather? Yeah. Well, not Geno <laughs> Smith. He doesn't normally play in any weather. Um, but Did you see the one note about Geno Smith saying I play better in uh, rain and cold weather? It's like he played in rain one time in his life. He threw like 14 interceptions. It's like, what? What are you talking <laughs> hey, about? Hey, that touchdown that basically <laughs> DK Metcalf just jumped in the air, took, and then threw <laughs> <Ran>. a guy. <laughs> The stat ESPN had was like, yeah, Geno Smith says that he's uh, better in, in bad weather. Rain, yeah. We looked it up. Neither quarterback has ever won a game in bad no, weather. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so James Winston has one now. He's got one. Geno Smith still does not. Now, Deshaun Watson, he might get traded. Uh, been a lot of reports about that. The Granted, there have been a lot of reports for the last eight, nine months about Deshaun Watson getting traded, but the trade deadline is next week. And here was what maybe the most interesting piece of information in this entire trade possibility is Mike Garofolo reported yesterday. Deshaun Watson would not be placed on the commissioner's list. If traded, or at least all indications are, he would not be placed on the commissioner's list. So first off, from an NFL standpoint, what's the point of the commissioner's know list what, if Deshaun Watson's then not? Why on don't it? you? Why do you have one of these? Yeah, if this guy's not on it with all that he's accused of. Yeah, twenty plus sexual misconduct allegations, right. sexual assault allegations by masseuses. They're waiting for the legal process to play out. That is the exact scenario in which the commissioner's list is used. Guy has legal problems, uh, but he hasn't been found innocent or guilty yet. Or in some cases, the NFL hasn't finished their own investigation into it i i just i don't get it i don't know why he's not on it. Well, i mean we talked about why he's not on it now it's because the texans have basically said well we're just not going to play him so the nfl doesn't have to do anything but i it just doesn't make any sense that he's not on the commissioner's list now if you're the dolphins or any other team um and you know that he's not going to be placed on the commissioner's list i mean trade yeah, for him right you better you better be really sure i don't know if they'd actually tell you I mean, wink, wink, he I, will or he won't be. I mean, I feel like you could get the wink, wink from Roger Goodell or whoever makes those decisions within the NFL. I feel like you could call him up I mean, and be like, hey, what's he Why aren't they it? playing him if they think if 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 he if they also believe he's not on the list? The Texans? Yeah. Because he I mean, doesn't want to play for him and they've been trying to trade. I mean, it's just a stupid scenario. Yes, the Texans should be playing it. But yeah, I mean, if, if they if they believe this report or if they've known before that he wouldn't be on the list, I don't know why he wouldn't be playing yeah, the game. I mean, they... They should be. They absolutely should be, but he's not, and they've already, they've got some weird agreement with him to not play him but keep him around. So, how insulting will it be when a team does trade for him for their statement to be, "We've done our due diligence." Yeah, yeah. it's coming. You know, it's coming. Well, it's like Charles said. Also, is is the trade value is the trade too high? To me, if you know he can play, I'm not so sure about that. So, okay. The, the whole conversation has been three first-round picks plus something else. At some points, it's been reported that they want three players. The most recent one was like a couple second-round picks or something like that. But the three first-round picks is sort of the big thing. If you trade for Deshaun Watson, sort of the, the, the primary thing you should be trying to do is make those conditional first-round picks. 
Oh, where, depending on how much he plays. Right. If sure. Deshaun Watson plays X amount of games yeah. for us, you get the first round picks. If Deshaun Watson never plays for us, those first round picks go away. Right. Or they become six round picks, whatever it is, whatever condition you want to come up with. It's interesting if he would be able to play this year because he could conceivably play. He could conceivably get traded to the Dolphins right now, play the second half of the season for the Dolphins, and then not play next year. That's because yeah, because if, but if you put the conditions on, you're going to get those picks because I don't know if you can go into next year. I mean, you're going to keep holding on to those picks. You could. I mean, you can put whatever conditions you, you want on it. So you could. Now, granted, you probably lose. Well, the Dolphins don't have it, but another team would probably lose the pick for 2022's draft right. because that's going to happen before next season happens. But yeah, that's that's the curious part is if you're a team. Now, the other part of this is the Dolphins. Why would they trade for Deshaun Watson right now? They do not have a chance to make the playoffs. They are not going to make the playoffs. Right. I don't understand. Like, if you trade for Deshaun Watson now, what's the point? Like, it's going to be about next season for the Miami Dolphins. So just wait until the offseason. Don't send away three first-round right. picks right now because right now doesn't matter. And, hell, this is an organization that's already traded away too many picks. Hell, they're looking at the... They could end up with a top five pick and not get to use it because they gave it to Philadelphia. And so I just, I don't know. From the Dolphins standpoint, it doesn't make sense. From Listen, there are other teams that it might make sense for, right? Does it make sense for Carolina? They're three and four. It makes more sense, but probably doesn't actually Bay, make It's going to win the division. Right. That's the issue is they're, you're trading for Deshaun Watson to win a wild card spot. Right. It makes more sense than Miami, absolutely. But at the end of the day, not really right. a whole lot of sense like anyone in the nfc east anyone yeah i mean it's it's just a strange scenario where i don't like i feel like if you're going to trade for deshaun watson you can't do that in season that has got to be an off-season move because if you're going to get the most out of trading for deshaun watson he needs to be there more than yeah. four days before you throw yeah, him exactly. into, in the, into a game but i just i don't know it's a bizarre scenario it's bizarre that he might get traded it's bizarre that he's not on the commissioner's list despite all these allegations against him i i don't know i i would have a hard time trading for him even if i was a team that needed a quarterback i mean i have a hard time believing he's not going to go on the list right never mind Uh, trading for him so i just i don't know i can't imagine trading for deshaun watson right now is there a weird parallel between this i mean obviously not what he's accused of but and ben simmons where it's just like you guys are just going to hold on to him. Like, you're not just willing to just, like, at this point, cut your, cut, your, cut, your yeah. cut your losses with him. I I mean, listen, I don't hate Daryl Morey's thought process of, hey, we can win a title right now with Joel Embiid. We need a superstar. Either Ben Simmons is that superstar or we're trading him for a superstar. I don't hate that logic. It's gonna, it, it might ruin the whole idea of, hey, this is a team put together. But I don't hate that logic. With Deshaun Watson, the Texans don't really have a shot to win anything. So I guess from the Texans standpoint, you're not winning anything anytime soon. So you might as well hold on to him until you can get something good. Hold out until you get the three first round picks because who cares? You're just going to keep losing even if he's there.